Welcome to the Glacial Multimedia Podcast Series. The Glacial Multimedia Podcast Series is dedicated to providing internet marketing education to physicians for better business development and overall patient communication. I would like to welcome everyone to the Glacial Multimedia Podcast Series. I am Michael Dubkowski from Glacial Multimedia. Today's guests are Billy Holcomb from Atlanta, Georgia, a former marketing director for Thomas I Group and now a Glacial team member, as well as Dylan Kemna from OptiCall and one of the inventors of the program Capture, and Michelle Pelletier from MD Prospects. All of our guests today have dedicated years to understanding the patient journey from the point of interest to the actual medical procedure. They are dedicated to helping practices reach their own pinnacle of success. I'd like to welcome my guests today. The topic of our podcast is exploring lead to consult conversion process and what can be done to enhance the conversions. I'd like to start with you, Billy. Um, first of all, tell me a little bit about your background and um, how you got interested in helping practices with these conversion challenges. Well, thanks, Michael. So you touched on it a little bit at the beginning. Um, so I've been in marketing for about 20 years now, and the, the last half of uh, my career I've, I've spent in eye care. My first role in eye care was with a large ophthalmology practice in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, as director of marketing, Thomas Eye Group. I was there for almost six years, and one of my primary responsibilities was growing our, our LASIK volume. And we had a, a lot of success in, in those early days of um, just driving a lot of leads. And then on the back end, we had a consistent process that we had uh, developed to, to convert them. And that's where I, I first met you guys. Um, we started to kind of get a reputation, I think, in the industry for some of the, the creative things that we were doing there at Thomas I and started get a, getting a chance to, to speak at different ophthalmology conferences and, and things like that. Yeah, it seemed to me that you guys had a really keen understanding of that, you know, you need to get back to leads in a very timely fashion, and you've maintained a certain level of discipline that, that is, is actually very rare to see. Yeah, I think that um, we, we realized that if, if we were letting uh, phone calls go to voicemail, um, we didn't have a chance on, on getting that, uh, that patient on, on, the, on the phone. Um, if we weren't responding to our web leads in a timely manner, then they were gonna go somewhere else. And so uh, that became a priority to us. To us, um, the conversion process was just as important as the marketing. And I think that that's where we, we started to really see a difference. So Dylan was actually one of the first people to clue me in on the importance of getting back to these leads in a timely fashion. Dylan, can you tell us a little bit about some of the information you got from MIT and, and um, you know, what that looked like and, and how that's affected your guys' ability to operate and capture? Oh, yeah, I'd be happy to. So um, just like you mentioned, the article is uh, it's an MIT lead response study. So if you Google that, it just has some interesting facts about lead response in general. And, and the big takeaway from the article is that you got to respond quickly. The faster you respond, the more likely you are to convert. And I think it says within the article, if you're not responding within 60 minutes, uh, your likelihood of converting those leads cuts down in a half. Uh, Google calls it a micro moment, which is that critical moment of truth when somebody's emotionally compelled to reach out. It's really important that you have systems in place to be able to convert those leads consistently and timely, especially timely when it comes to web leads and phone leads. Uh, you want to make sure that you have somebody there that's available when they're in that Google micro moment. 
And just an interesting stat here, we, we use on some of our presentations that 94% of marketing budgets are spent to generate the leads, and less than 6% of the marketing budgets are spent on actually converting the leads. But it's, uh, it's really important, as you guys know, if you're going to be spending the money and the time and the resources to get those leads in, it's important to have great systems to convert them so you're maximizing these opportunities and creating a better patient experience. Thanks for sharing that with us, Dylan. Michelle, I'd like to ask you from the MD Prospect side, because you get to watch these leads come in on a, on a daily basis, what are some of the biggest challenges that you see that practices have? There's definitely two right off the bat, one of them being staffing. Um, people will spend a lot of money on their marketing, but they won't necessarily have the people on the other side to actually answer the leads. And a lot of that comes from impossible expectations. You have people who are greeting patients every day, doing LASIK consults, but how are they supposed to answer that high volume lead count that's coming through the system? Um, and a lot of times I kind of think about it as like setting and forgetting. Like people think that with your lead management system, you can put in the great drip campaign, set it and never think about it again. But it's really more like I see a lot of people setting and neglecting. Um, think of it like this. You go in and you decide you're going to plant this beautiful garden in your backyard. You get all the tools you need. You plant the seeds. You set the sprinkler, sprinkler system to water it every few days. But you never weed it. You never check on it. You just assume that because you put all the best things in the front end, it's going to work. Um, and you're still expecting a great harvest without work throughout the process. And that's definitely how I would say a lot of practices are doing that. They'll get a great landing page, but they don't have the follow through. They might have a great campaign, but there's no follow through beyond that. There's no looking at the data to learn from it and better respond to that person who didn't want it in that first 15 minutes. Maybe it's two months later, they're ready to, to go. So there's no uh, argument here that uh, we have definitely a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, this is something that we see many, many times. Um, so how do we solve it, right? So we'll stay with you, Michelle, on this yeah. one, and then we'll, we'll hear from everybody else. But what are some of the things that you have seen a practice do to make improvements on this and to get more of these, these actual leads that they got from marketing into consultation? Because we know when they get to consultation, the practices typically do a decent job of making that surgical conversion. But how do we get them in the office? What do we, what do we got to do better? So, um, Yeah, there's actually, like, I could go on all day about this. Um, but one of the things that I always encourage people to do in general in life is stick to the positive. So if you start celebrating the wins, like if you're Jason, he goes ahead and converts leads or he has a great response time, celebrate that with him and encourage the rest of your team by seeing what his actions do. That's great. I like um, that right there. Another piece of that is using the data to improve. You have MD Prospects, which is tracking all this information. And this is kind of like, I'll see a lot of people that I'm getting too many web leads, I can't handle it, and they just throw out the whole process. Versus like, okay, but what's working, what's not working? And let's, if I have limited resources, let's me funnel those into what is actually working. Um, and then a lot of that has to do with sometimes some people are very visual and software isn't going to necessarily be 
how they can understand the process. So I've gone to practices before. There was actually one that I was just visiting not too long ago where they took their whole process, they printed it out, and they put it on the wall. And they just look up. And they're like, oh, I'm making my third call. Yeah, this is what happens in that sequence. And if that works for them, uh, Billy, I think you used a monitor, right? Dude, that was actually uh, one of the great stories I have for the podcast today. I walked into his office one day, and he had this like monitor thing up on the yeah. wall, and it was like kind of an airplane monitor-looking thing. And he could see every coordinator and how quickly they were responding to each lead. And I was like, whoa, that's really cool. So that's going to dovetail into my question for you here. What are some of the things that you've seen work? Maybe that is something people should do, but I'd never seen anyone do that before. Well, I, I think tracking is a huge problem. I think at a lot of practices, if you were to say, you know, what's your lead to consult uh, conversion percentage, they look at you like you're crazy because they're not tracking it. And if, you, if you're not tracking what your lead to consult percentage is, then you can't hold anybody accountable. You can't hold your LASIK counselors accountable if, if, um, if you're not tracking it. And so uh, I think it's important to establish clear priorities and goals and let your staff know what those goals are each month so that they have something to shoot for and also incentivize um, those LASIK counselors as well. Um, if you have an eye goal of, of 60 eyes and they meet those 60 eyes, then they get a, a certain percentage um, you know, of the pie. Uh, some other things that you can uh, track or, or incentivize staff is the total number of eyes uh, that they do and, and the um, uh, cost per eye. So you know, everyone wants to get, you know, if it's $2,500 an eye that you're trying to get, um, then incentivize, you know, give them a bonus if they reach that 2,500, but then give them some leeway too. If you're in a competitive area and, um, you know, you know, you're not going to get that $2,500 per eye, you know, set a, a minimum that maybe they can go down to, um, or, you know, of course you, you're always running, you know, different marketing, um, campaigns and things like that that can bring that that cost down but well thanks billy dylan this is probably precisely one of the reasons why you guys got involved with capture and you probably yep. have some scary numbers on what these conversion rates actually are um i'd love to hear oh. some of that but but <laughs> could you tell us a little bit about why you created this yeah oh, absolutely so opti calls traditionally always helped with inbound phone calls with lasik um, so we've got systems in place to make sure that we're delivering consistently, um, especially because those opportunities are worth several thousands of dollars. And last year when we put out our medical marketing outlook, the biggest takeaway was like there was a 7% increase in internet as a marketing source. So it just seems like that's where communication is evolving and changing. So it was important to have systems in place uh, to be able to respond to these uh, consumers that are filling out web forms. So We've developed a process um, basically where we've outlined all the touch points. If you guys go to the OptiCall website, it's, uh, you can just Google OptiCall Capture. We've got a nice infographic that outlines our process. And whether you work with OptiCall or not, just seeing that is, is nice to know what – or kind of create a, a plan for your practice that, that you want your team to follow – we, we do these lead conversion assessments. Um, Billy mentioned how important tracking is. On, on the phone side, you'd be surprised how many practices don't ask for a name or a number on these phone leads. If somebody's not just ready to schedule, the practice feels like they're doing the job if they're answering questions. 
where if they never get a name or a number, there's usually no record of that call internally that could go into MD prospects or any kind of follow-up system. So most practices have no idea how many calls they could be missing or how many calls go untracked. With the web leads, it's a little more transparent because there's a trail on the contact form. So if practices actually took the time to quantify how many leads they're getting per month on web forms and see how many of those convert to consultations and then to surgeries, I, I think they'd be a surprise. Um, the web leads convert a, a bit lower than a phone lead um, just because a phone lead, they're usually the, they usually convert at the highest rate. But that doesn't mean that you ignore these web leads. And Absolutely. as far as overall percentages, I think it's across the board depending on where the leads are coming from. If they're organic leads going to the website, they're naturally going to convert at a higher rate. If they're coming from different um, ad campaigns, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of variables depending on the messaging and um, how targeted the marketing is. But I'd say, on average, most practices are probably lucky to convert 15% to consultation of their overall web leads, where opti calls are a range. I, I want to say we convert at around 46%, according to our data from last month across the board for all of our practices. Um, and that's from lead to consultation, where on inbound phone leads, uh, at least for our medical marketing outlook that's going out from for 2020, from 2019's data, we converted at 78% on inbound phone leads. So I just want to create the right expectations, and it's kind of a numbers game, and it's important to have consistent process with customer service mindset. Well, I think... Um what you're saying, Dylan, about that, that conversion rate, um, if, if the practice is doing it themselves, but they're not answering the phone and they're letting it go to voicemail, then you, you have a great stat that I've read before. Only 27, I think, percent of patients actually leave a voicemail. And um, I can't tell you how many practices that um, I've called where, you know, they transfer you to a, a LASIK counselor and it, it goes straight to voicemail. So... I'm glad you mentioned that, Billy. That's that's exactly right. And you got so say 27 percent actually leave a voicemail. Then what are your chances of connecting with them and getting them in the right moment that they're ready to convert? So the likelihood of converting somebody after voicemail goes down substantially. It's really important to have people in place. And I think these people, they if they actually get the courage, they finally get the courage after all this time that they've been thinking about LASIK to pick up the phone and call, and then they get a voicemail, they may not get the courage again for another six months to pick up the phone, or either they're calling your, your competition down the street to, to schedule. So Probably the latter. Mm-hmm. Well, well even, even in terms of competition, competition isn't just other practices. Competition is all other customer experiences out there. So if somebody submits a lead form on Friday, they might buy a car over the weekend and their mindset come Monday could be totally different. It's just really important to get them while they're thinking about it on their terms. You also brought up an interesting thing there um, on diagnostics and um, some practices don't even realize they have this problem. And I started to become aware of this only recently and um, it came to me from the position of, well, I need more leads. And uh, we, they happen to have MD prospects, thank God. We logged in MD prospects and we're like, you got 300 leads last month. What are you talking about? Yeah, there's 300 leads sitting in that n- nobody even got back to. 
Like that's a true story. And, and so on the diagnostics level, guys, Billy, you know, in your experience, um, you know, what, do you get a lot of pushback from this? You know, why aren't people really understanding or, or, or getting the information that they need? Well, I think they, they assume that there's just bad leads. These are bad leads that are coming in and that's why they're not converting. But then when you start really digging deep and looking at all the different area where there can be, you know, these bottlenecks, then either the phones aren't being answered in many cases, they're not responding quick enough to these web leads. Um, maybe there's not enough consult appointments available. So they actually do talk to the patient and, you know, they don't have an appointment available for another three weeks, four weeks. Um, and the patient's, well, I'll, I'll give you a call back. Um, but, you know, there's a, a lot of different things that can be going on at the practice. Uh, but until you really take a look at every area of the conversion process, then you don't know that there's an issue. And, and if you're not tracking. So your advice is to diagnose and track. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So when it comes to the tracking piece, since Michelle, since you have a bunch of experience on this, what are some of the KPIs, um, and, and any one of you can jump in on this, but what are some of the KPIs that practices should be tracking? And, and how often should administrators be looking at these numbers? Well, response time. You should always be tracking just, like, I'm going to stick to just simple num numbers on that front. Response time, what your conversion rate is, how many leads did you get, but how many of them actually became a consult. Um, on that same note, people are way too quick to say a lead's a bad lead without actually using the data. I've had a lot of that happen. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing about what people are hoping is that you're going to, like, the phone's going to ring or they it's going to come through and Billy's going to fill out the self-test and he's going to say, yep, here's my money. I'm ready for LASIK today. And that's not how it works. Um, so you need to be paying attention to those forms. And I actually have a bigger thought on forms, but I know Billy had some information on KPIs that he wanted to talk about too. So why don't you take that and then I'll grab it back. Yeah, there's some other KPIs that I like to track internally. Um, of course, the total marketing leads, but then that lead to consult percentage, the no-show rate. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that uh, the reason that they're not converting from consult to uh, surgery is because the consults aren't showing up in the first place. They're not calling and reminding the patients. Um, and if that no-show rate jumps from 10% to 20%, that's a huge loss in the practice right there. So um, I'd like to track that. The consult to surgery conversion percentage. And then looking at that true marketing cost per lead, that marketing cost per surgery, and then the total eyes per month. Those are kind of the big KPIs that I always like to look at. And it's interesting to me because that's not what like every practice tracks or what's most of the time, even though they have all the tools to do it, they really don't. And I know one struggle is it can be hard to get that information out of your practice management system. But then they have MD prospects, which can help them with it, but they don't put that information in MD prospects. Um, it kind of seems like people get stuck in a circle or a loop. Dylan, did you want to comment was, on the KPIs? Yeah, I was going to mention, uh, if we're specifically talking about web leads, exactly what Billy and Michelle said. Response time is the first thing we look at, and then touch points. How many times are they connecting with them? Once we go through that assessment, we'll, we'll find at the practice level, uh, they might have they might have no response at all. It's surprising how many practices don't respond at all to these leads that they're spending a lot of money to generate. And then you might have one counselor that only calls. You might have one counselor that only emails, whether they get a template email or they get a personalized email. Um, the results that we get are consistently inconsistent. 
And the key to growing a successful business is to have systems in place. When you think about like Starbucks or McDonald's, they have a process regardless of whether you're in Portland, Maine or Denver, Colorado, you're going to get a very consistent experience. And for some reason, a lot of medical practices seem to miss out on that consistency. And then what Billy mentioned, as far as uh, we'll go over the numbers, what are your total leads? Uh, we'd separate it between phone leads and web leads. What are your conversions from lead to consult? What are the no-show rates? And what are the conversions to surgery? And what's the average revenue? And then we've got a spreadsheet where we can show them with whatever increase in just overall conversions, what that can do to the bottom line each month. And um, depending on lead volume and revenue per patient, that that number uh, can fluctuate quite a bit, especially if you're talking about procedures that are worth $4,000 or more. Yeah. Well, Dylan, thanks very much for, for chiming in on the KPIs. Um, we could probably talk about this for quite a while, um, but we're at the end of the podcast limit today. Um, I'd like to thank all of my guests for coming on, and um, it sounds like we need to do a version two revisit this again okay? I think so and thanks version a lot. four like version it. five okay yeah we'll do it again <laughs> thanks guys thank you thanks thank you for listening to the glacial multimedia podcast series for more information in regards to future podcasts or services discussed please visit www.glacial.com or call us at 207-878-5900